Hare Krishna. When you give class, you get class. Get classed up. <clears throat> Welcome to today's Srimad Bhagavatam class. Today's Thursday. Just celebrated Gita Jayanti. Looking forward to some Christmas holidays. So we're going to read from the Bhagavatam and chant a little first. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Yashoda Nandana Braja Janaranjana Yashoda Nandana Braja Janaranjana Jamuna Tiravana Chari Jamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Yashoda Nandana Braja Janaranjana Yashoda Nandana Braja Janaranjana Jamunati Ravanachari Jamunati Ravanachari Jamuna 
Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Prabhupada, 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 Jaya Jaya Prabhupada. Jaya Jaya Guru Dev, Guru Dev, Guru Dev, Jaya Jaya Guru Nitai Gora Pemanandi, save the whole world, Sri the Prabhupada Ki. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 12, Text Number 6. Sampada Kratavoloka Is that the right one? Okay, I was reading five. Forgive me. Okay, number six. Let's try that again. Kim te kamaha suras paraha Mukunda manaso dvija Adija Adijahur Mudam Raja Rajna Suditsaya Yatare Kimte Kama Surasparaha Mukunda Manaso Dvija 
Hari Jahur Mudam Rajna Kusi Dasaya Yahetare Kimche Kamasuras Para Mukunda Manasod Vija Adi Jahur Mudam Rajna Sudit Sayayatare Please repeat. Word for word, Kim. What for? Te. All those. Kama. Objects of sense enjoyment. Sura. Of the denizens of heaven. Sparaha. Aspirations. Mukunda Manasa. Of one who is already God conscious. Vijaha, O Brahmanas, Adijahur, could satisfy. Mudam, pleasure. Rajna, of the king. Kusidisaya, of the hungry. Yata, as it is. Itare, in other things. Translation in purport by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Ki. O Brahmanas, the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the denizens of heaven aspired for it. But because he was absorbed in the service of the Lord, nothing could satisfy him except the Lord's service. Please repeat, O Brahmanas, the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the that the denizens of heaven aspired for it. But because he was absorbed in the service of the Lord, nothing could satisfy him except the Lord's service. O Brahmanas, the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the denizens of heaven aspired for it. But because he was absorbed in the service of the Lord, nothing could satisfy him except the Lord's service. Purport, there are two things in the world which can satisfy living beings. When one is materially engrossed, he is satisfied only by sense gratification. But when one is liberated from the conditions of the material modes, he is satisfied only by rendering loving service for the satisfaction of the Lord. This means that the living being is constitutionally a servitor and not one who is being served. Being illusioned by the conditions of the external energy, one falsely thinks himself to be the served, but actually he is not served. He is the servant of the senses, like lust, desire, anger, avarice, pride, madness, and intolerance. When one is in his proper senses by attainment of spiritual knowledge, 
he realizes that he is not the master of the material world, but only a servant of the senses. At that time, he begs for the service of the Lord and thus becomes happy without being illusioned by so-called material happiness. Maharaj Yudhisthira was one of the liberated souls, and therefore, for him, there was no pleasure in a vast kingdom, good wife, obedient brothers, happy subjects, and prosperous world. These blessings automatically follow, a, follow for a pure devotee, even though the devotee does not aspire for them. The example set herein is exactly suitable. It is said that one who is hungry is never satisfied by anything other than food. The whole material world is full of hungry living beings. The hunger is not for good food, shelter, or sense gratification. The hunger is for the spiritual atmosphere. Due to ignorance only, they think that the world is, dis is dissatisfied because there is not sufficient food shelter, defense, and objects of sense gratification. This is called delusion. When the living being is hungry for spiritual satisfaction, he is misrepresented by material hunger. But the foolish leaders cannot see that even the people who are most sumptuously materially satisfied are still hungry. And what is their hunger and poverty? This hunger is actually for spiritual food spiritual shelter, spiritual defense, and spiritual sense gratification. These can be obtained in the association of the Supreme Lord. Excuse me. These can be obtained in the association of the Supreme Spirit, Lord Sri Krishna. And therefore, one who has them cannot be attracted by the so-called food, shelter, defense, and sense gratification of the material world even if they are relished by the denizens of the heavenly planets. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita, chapter 8, text 16, it is said by the Lord that even in the topmost planet of the universe, namely the Brahma Loka, where the duration of life is multiplied by millions of years by earth calculation, one cannot satisfy his hunger. Such hunger can be satisfied only when the living being is situated in immortality, which is attained in the spiritual sky, far, far above the Brahmaloka, in association, in the association of Lord Makunda, the Lord who awards his devotees the transcendental pleasure of liberation. Omagana Timanandasya Jananjanan Salakaya Chakshuru Militam Jaina Tasma Shri Guravena Mahashri Chaitanya Manobisham Shapitam Jaina Bhutale Swam Rupa Karamayam Dadanti Sva Padantikam. I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. Uh, from my humble obeisances, <clears throat> excuse me, under the dust of his lotus feet. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shimati Tamam Krishna Goswaminiti Namani. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shrimati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pacharane Nirvisesha Sunyavati Pashtata Deshatarane Vanshakalpa Tarubhaischa Kripasindu Sevacha Pajitaram Pavanabhyo Vaishnavabhyo Namo Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shidvaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. 
हरे राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे सो वी रीडिंग फ्रॉम द श्रीमद भागवतम द लिटरेरी इनकारनेशन ऑफ कृष्णा दिस इज कृष्णा इन हिज फॉर्म एज ए बुक गॉड कैन अपीयर एज अ बुक ही कैन अपीयर इन फायर ही कैन अपीयर इन योर हार्ट थैंक यू God can do anything he wants. He has unlimited energies, unlimited power, unlimited wealth, beauty, fame, attractiveness. And yet he's not attached to these things. So Krishna has appeared in the form of the Shrimad Bhagavatam for this dark age of Kali. And we're reading in the first canto the birth of Emperor Pariksit And the sages at Namsharanya have asked Sutta Goswami to tell them about Emperor Pariksit and how he was saved in the womb by Krishna from the Brahmastra of Ashvatthama. And so there Sutta Goswami is speaking about Yudhisthira, Maharaj Yudhisthira, because Yudhisthira was the uncle He was the uncle of Pariksit Maharaj. And so he was the emperor before Pariksit became the emperor. And so we're we're reading about Maharaj's Yudhisthira Maharaj's worldly possessions. His queen, his brothers, his extensive land, his sovereignty sovereignty over the earth. and the translation today sutta goswami to the brahm o brahmanas the opulence of the king was so enchanting that the denizens of heaven aspired for it but because he was absorbed in the service of the lord nothing could satisfy him except the lord's service so which are we do we aspire for the enchanting opulence of the king which even the denizens of heaven aspired for so we're talking about some pretty amazing opulence right we think we see opulence here now on this planet but it, it's nothing compared to the to the opulence of king yudhisthira and this is proven by the fact that even the he, even the denizens of heaven even the the heavenly vasis the 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 those that live on the heavenly planets enjoy greatly right they drink somaras they have very subtle forms subtle enjoyment and it's not gross and and like on this planet so they're very high class right very high class people <laughs> and they have culture and they have they behave themselves of course they're always having to fight the demons there's always some demon causing some problem somewhere but the de- that we know that if 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 yudhisthira maharaj's opulence was is was was great enough to be coveted by the the heavenly men and ladies then it must have been 
beyond our ability to really understand. But King Eudistir was not absorbed in this material opulence, right? He was absorbed in the service of the Lord, and nothing could satisfy him except the Lord's service. So which are we? Are we absorbed in the service of the Lord, being satisfied with nothing except the Lord's service? (laughs) I know I'm not. I'm far from that. So that's why we have the Srimad Bhagavatam. That's why we have Srila Prabhupada's translations and purports. And the purport, Prabhupada takes the opportunity to repeat what he has said so many times before. And to give us a real, really nice input, really nice information on, you know, he gives a really nice example about hunger. Hunger for the hunger that every living being has. And the, and, and, and we hunger for good food, good shelter, and sense gratification. But the hunger that automatically follows a pure devotee, the blessings automatically follow, the, the material blessings automatically follow for a pure devotee, but he does not aspire for them. Instead, the pure devotee is hungry for the spiritual atmosphere. And Prabhupada makes the point that actually as spirit souls inside a material body, spirit souls, we, we actually are hungry for the spiritual atmosphere. But we get mixed up. We get confused. We are put into illusion that the material world is the all in all. And the topmost position in the material, in the material world is to be served. The topmost position in the spiritual world is to be a servant. So, it's not easy to overcome the material illusion that we are under. Even ardent, ardently striving spiritualists are constantly bombarded by the idedavic, idebotic, idiotmic, the problems of the material world that are constantly attacking us. Outside forces, the demigods, weather, other people, and in our mind. Our mind is the most difficult, isn't it? It's the most difficult thing that's giving us a, a hard, hard time. Especially when you become to chant Hare Krishna, right? And you're reading the Bhagavatam, you're reading the Gita, and we accept it. We accept it. The devotees have accepted the authority of the Gita. They know that the goal of life is Krishna. And their hunger for the spiritual atmosphere is real. It's palatable. It's understood. And yet still we struggle so much with material hunger, right? So Srila Prabhupada is, is letting us know Maharaj Yudhisthira was one of the liberated souls. And therefore, for him, there was no pleasure in the vast kingdom, good wife, obedient brothers, happy subjects, and prosperous world. 
these things automatically come to a pure devotee. And that means he was liberated. He was liberated from the desire for material happiness. He was liberated. He was in a transcendental position because he had received the mercy of Lord Makunda. Makunda, the Lord who awards his devotees the transcendental pleasure of liberation. And so this is the key. This is how we become more attracted to spiritual, to the spiritual atmosphere than to the material sense enjoyment. We have to perform devotional service. Chant Hare Krishna. We have to hear and chant. The two persons that came together to, he, to hear Srimad Bhagavatam and to speak Srimad Bhagavatam were Maharaj Pariksit and Sukadev Goswami. Sukadev Goswami was the perfect spiritual master. And at just the right time, he appeared to speak to, to Pariksit Maharaj because he had been cursed to die in seven days. So he sat on the banks of the, of the Ganga. He said, this is it. I'm just going to sit and listen to Sukadev, to, to, uh, Sukadev Goswami. And in doing that, hearing and chanting, that's the example. That's what we're supposed to do. So y'all are here now. You're listening. You're hearing. You're hearing from the Bhagavatam. You're hearing the purport, the translation. And you're hearing a devotee, a would-be devotee, a struggling devotee, trying to explain it, right? And that is the process. So we have to string these events together. Hearing, chanting, we go home, we can read Bhagavatam, we can read Bhagavad Gita to each other, we can read Prabhupada's purports. We have to chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. 16 rounds every day. And when we do this, we can become liberated from the pains and difficulties and enjoyments of the material world. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our real hunger, Srila Prabhupada says in the purport, our real hunger is actually for spiritual food, spiritual shelter, spiritual defense, and spiritual sense gratification. What are these? What is the spiritual food? Prashadam, right? Food offered to Krishna first. We have to take care of our bodies. Spiritual shelter, the temple, the Bhagavatam advises us, live in the Dham, live in a holy Dham, live in a place where Krishna's pastimes took place. We're here in Dallas. This is a Dham. This is Vrindavan Dham because Radha Kalachanji are here. Radha Govinda. Chota Radha Kalachanji. Lord Jagannath, Lord Baladev, Subhadra Devi are here. Gorni Tire here. The whole Panchatattva is here. The Goswamis are here. All of the Guru Paramparas here. All of the Gurus in our line are here in this temple room in Dallas <laughs> to help us. This is a spiritual oasis. This is a spiritual dom. 
So why isn't it more crowded? <laughs> We're not doing enough to tell people. We gotta tell people. We gotta bring people to the temple. We've got to bring the temple to the people. Prabhupada understood that. And, Pra, and Tamal Krishna Maharaj explains. Prabhupada understood that when we give someone a book, we're giving them Krishna. And that in this age of Kali, people don't want to come here. So we have to go out and give them Krishna and tell them, please read this book. Become happy. All of the material problems that you have, the solution is spiritual. It's not material. All of the the material solutions that you're going to try again and again and again in your life, they're not going to make a real dent in your problems. Because your problems, your real problems, are birth, old age, disease, and death. And you can't stop any of those things from happening. What a, Well, birth. Well, I didn't want to take birth. Well, you took birth based on your previous karma. And if you don't go back to Godhead in this lifetime, you'll take birth again, right? And where you take birth is based on your consciousness. What you're thinking about at the time of death determines your next birth. And so, how, how do I make sure that that comes out right? What do I have to think about to get out of this material world? You have to think about Krishna at the moment of death, right? Is that going to be easy? No, it's not easy at all. When the soul is leaving the body, it's in great anxiety. It's it's the the body is shutting down. The vital organs are failing, and the soul is being given notice: you're going to die soon. Get ready. If you're fortunate and you don't have a, a, a quick death, you have a little time. Brixit Maharaj had seven days. And as a pure devotee, he didn't say, well, I'm going to fight this. I, I can, I can get, I can, I can thwart this snake bird. I could attack it, kill it when it comes to me, or I could get a counter curse. I can do something to get rid of this curse on me. But he didn't see the curse as material. Because Emperor Parixit was a pure devotee. He saw everything as Krishna's mercy. And so, because everything is Krishna's mercy, he saw it as his, his reaction to it would be Krishna conscious. Anything that happens to the devotee, pure devotee, his reaction will be in line with Krishna consciousness, because he's a pure devotee. He doesn't think, I have to stop this. I'm the emperor. I want to enjoy being the emperor longer. I have so many wives. I have so many palaces. I have so much power and authority and wealth and opulence. The pure devotee does not think this way. Just like his uncle, Maharaj Yudhisthira, he didn't think this way. He was obsessed with thinking about Krishna. How can he serve Krishna? And of course, being a good king, taking care of the subjects, that's his, his duty as a king. So that's, that's service too. But that was, that was old, old hat. That was easy. That's, that's nothing. For a pure devotee, Krishna makes everything happen so nicely. So the pure devotee only wants Krishna. He's not concerned with his kingdom and the wealth and opulence. Even the demigods of heaven were desirous of his opulence. Maharaj Yudhisthira didn't care. 
All he could think about was Krishna. And we read earlier in the Bhagavatam, in this, in this canto, when Krishna leaves for Dwarka, he leaves Hastinapur. And the, the devotees in Hastinapur, Arjuna and Yudhisthira and his brothers and his wife and their, and their mother, they don't want Krishna to leave. Krishna agrees to stay a little bit longer because Subhadra Devi is is still in agony over the loss of her son. And so Krishna stays a little longer. And, and that's the way the pure devotee is. Just give me a little bit more time with Krishna. It's what they hanker for, they yearn for, they think of all the time. And to actually have Krishna's association is the greatest treasure of all treasures. And to lose it is the greatest loss of all losses. So the pure devotees, even before Krishna leaves, they're in anxiety. They're in separation. Srimati Radharani, even when she was with Krishna, she was, she would feel separation from him because she was worried she would be, be removed from him. That she wouldn't have his association. And this is a sign of great, great love, pure love for Krishna. That even when you're with Krishna, you're worried about not being with Krishna and you're more with Krishna when he's not there than when he's right in front of you. That's, that's the, the, the limit. That's the topmost position that Srimati Radharani has in fullness. She's in separation, feels separation from the Lord. So Krishna says, I have to go. I have to leave Vrindavan. Because look at their condition. So it's apparently, excuse me, pardon me, it's contradictory, right? How can, how can somebody feel that they're more with someone than when they're apart from that person? And this is Krishna. Krishna is so wonderful that even when Srimati Radharani is away from him, in separation, the love she feels in separation is greater than the love she feels when she's with Krishna. And she's with Krishna, she's always serving Krishna, right? But even in separation, she's always serving Krishna. There's never any moment she's not serving Krishna. And that's the way it is for a pure devotee. We are very obviously in separation from Krishna, right? <laughs> I know I am. And it is this separation that is, is the, it, it's it's our opportunity to understand Krishna so deeply. And and we're so fortunate that we're reading the Bhagavatam and the Gita as translated by His Divine Grace to the A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. Because Prabhupada gives us enriched Krishna consciousness. He gives us the Guru Parampara of the Brahma Madhva Gaudiya Sampradaya. And this is the Sankirtan movement of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this movement gives us the opportunity to develop love for Krishna that's in our heart, that's what we really are, right? As spirit souls. But the opportunity to develop love for Krishna that's the same as the devotees in Vrindavan have for Krishna. This is very special. The, the devotees in Vrindavan have very, 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 very special, very topmost love for Krishna. They, they love Krishna so, so much, they don't think of Him as God. 
They don't see the opulence. There's opulence everywhere, but it's irrelevant to them, right? They take the Chintamani stones and they build houses out of them, right? They're pretty stones. They use them for decoration. They don't take the Chintamani stone and say, give me a palace, give me this, give me that. Those things happen for those devotees automatically if it's to serve Krishna. Because their desire to serve Krishna is so... It's, it's, it's not different from them. It is them. They're entirely about service to Krishna. And so, this is very special movement. This is a very special opportunity we have as followers of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Radha and Krishna combined. Krishna wanting to take the mood of Srimati Radharani so that he can taste the pleasure that she gets in serving him. And this pleasure is in separation. Because the Lord is in separation. He's feeling separation from Krishna. Radharani is in separation from Krishna. She's, she's always thinking of Krishna. So when she's with him or she's not with him, the separation is there. But in separation, there's greater love, greater togetherness. This is impossible to understand for our material minds at this point. When we, when I become more of, of a more purified devotee, hopefully one day, then I can under, we can understand it more purely. But until then, we understand what is this great benefit that's being offered to us to understand Krishna in a way that we can get free of the material, our material desires. We can get free of our attachment to the illusion of enjoyment in the material world. There's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way, right? Chant Hare Krishna. Chant Hare Krishna. Chant Hare Krishna. There's just no other way to do it. And we're struggling, right? We're struggling in our Krishna consciousness. I'll speak for myself. It's a struggle. Every day you wake up, you have things to do. You're in the material world. We have families. We have responsibilities. We have to make money. We have to support ourselves. So what's the, what's, what's, what's the goal? The goal is to do that for Krishna. To find a way to do that not for ourselves and thinking I'm doing this for my own sense gratification. But to actually be liberated from that concept and to, to know that we're actually, everything is Krishna and everything we're interacting with is Krishna. And that doesn't mean we become Krishna or it's impersonal or, you know, it means that we understand what the material world is for. And it, 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 it's a vehicle. It's a test. We, we, to see when you get detached from the material world, then you be, you can become attached to Krishna consciousness, to the, to the spiritual atmosphere. And we know this is true. Why? Because we're never happy in this, in the material world. You get whatever you want, right? Say you win the lottery. Okay, I have a hundred million dollars. What am I going to do? Buy a big house. Okay, I have an 18 car garage. Let me get 18 cars. Can you drive all the, more than one car at a time? Can you eat more than one meal at a time? Can you be in one house, more than one house at a time? Okay, I'm going to buy multiple houses. I'll be so happy. I got jets. I'll fly around and I'll see it. And the people that do that, they're not happy. What are they doing? The whole time they're just trying to get sense gratification. 
That's all they're doing. They're trying to spend their money in a way that will make them happy. And you know they go buy very, very expensive motor cars and they break down and they have problems and they're just like anybody that buys a cheap car. It doesn't make them happy, right? They're never satisfied. They have a nice wife. Oh, at first we got married, she's so nice. Now she's not so nice, right? We have kids. Oh, I raised my kids. They had the best of everything. They have trust fund. They never have to worry about anything in their lives, right? Well, they become worthless. You know, they don't learn how to, how to, to fend for themselves and how to, how to have respect for others. And, and, you know, we see this, that, that opulence and, and power and, and money don't make you happy. They don't ensure a good life except for the rich people that have spirituality, right? Some of them are a little bit figured it out, right? And the ones that become Hare Krishnas, boy, they really figured it out. If they're extremely wealthy and they became devotees, they've really figured it out, right? George Harrison, he, he was unbelievably famous. And even while he was enjoying this fame and fortune, he realized very quickly, this isn't where it's at. He, that was even two or three years into the Beatles, he had understood, this isn't where real pleasure's at. And so he was searching spiritually inside. And that spiritual search led him to Prabhupada. And the devotees came to London for George, right? They came for Prabhupada because they wanted to meet the Beatles. And they wanted to spread Krishna consciousness for the first time in London, right? And so all of these married couples, Prabhupada's married couple, this, this special group of married couple devotees, <clears throat> excuse me, went to London to meet the Beatles. And they did it. <laughs> Unbelievable. That was their goal. Not just to meet the Beatles, but to spread Krishna consciousness. And they knew that if they met the Beatles, and the Beatles were spiritually inclined, they knew this, then, boy, look what could happen. And what did happen? The, the number of the Beatles became devotees. John Lennon was certainly a devotee. In, in, in as much a way as he could be a devotee, right? Because he still had other, he still had the material world constantly messing with you and trying to draw you in. But we can take solace in the fact that even someone that struggled as much as John Lennon did, at the end of his life, he heard Krishna's name. Because after he got shot, they took him to the hospital, right? He was assassinated. And Prabhupada had predicted his assassination. If you read the book right up there in the hallway, Chant and be happy. There's there's a there's the there's the uh, conversation that Prabhupada had with the Beatles. I think it was just George and John. And he said he mentioned Kennedy assassination. He said, "Look, look at this. No matter how high, how wealthy, how wonderful you have it, you could can be gone in a second. Someone can come and shoot you." Prabhupada was warning him <laughs> in the early '60s. John Lennon would be assassinated in 1980. In front of his residence, signing albums. Little fans are there. Guy who had already been there and had his album signed by John Lennon came up with a gun, shot him dead. So John didn't die right away. He's put in an ambulance, taken to the hospital. In the hallway, they're wheeling him into a surgery. And some devotees happened to be there. I don't know why they were in that hospital, but they were, I can't remember the reason they were there doing book distribution or visiting some sick people and trying to give Krishna consciousness. 
And as Yoko Ono, John Lennon's wife, was going down the, the gurney with John Lennon on there, John Lennon's leaving his body, literally, at that moment. She says, John, John, the Hare Krishnas are here. Krishna was with him. Krishna was with him. I mean, you know, you can interpret that a lot of ways. And, you know, depending on your faith and how you think of things. But to me, it's a sign that he had met Prabhupada. He had spent time. He'd listened to Prabhupada, John Lennon. Very special personality. One of the greatest musicians of all time. And and he had done things for the devotees. He struggled, though, after that with, with addiction and and the pain of his of his mind, right? He he wasn't a great guy. He didn't always treat people well, right? Even after he met Prabhupada, he struggled so much to be he, he didn't, you know, put on a dhoti and curtain and say, I'm gonna chant Hare Krishna. No. But in his heart he wanted to. He was trying to be a better person. He's trying spiritually. And he had received the bene- benediction of a pure devotee. He got to meet Srila Prabhupada. He hosted Srila Prabhupada in his own house. Amazing, right? So what what happened at the end there? What happened at the end of his life? Krishna was there for him. The devotees were there. And his wife told him, Hare Krishna, the Hare Krishnas are here. Hare Krishna ringing in his ear when he leaves his body. Amazing, right? So what for us? Are we going to just say, well, okay, I can live like John Lennon. I can just try to enjoy myself. I don't have to be devoted. No. We, 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 you know, not all of us met Prabhupada. We have Prabhupada here. We can, but we have to associate with Prabhupada and get Prabhupada's mercy by sincerely trying to spread this movement so that at the time of our death, Krishna will be there for us. So that we will remember Krishna. So that someone will come up to us and say, Hare Krishna, right? When you're leaving your body, have you thought about it? Have you thought about it? Have you thought, where will you be? What will you do? Because we've seen it so many times in Dallas, right? We've had a lot of devotees leave their bodies. What happens? The other devotees come and chant for them, right? They chant and they read and they take care of them of him or her and they they help the person because the person's going through this hellish pain of of dying this difficulty great difficulty so the devotees are there to remind that person all the time about krishna so there's no chance they'll think oh you know i should have done this in my life oh i could have done that oh you know i never did this i wanted to do that you know it's stupid i mean it, it, it's really silly we don't want to be thinking that way on our deathbed, right? So we have to purify our consciousness now and convince ourselves, look, this motor car is not really going to make you happy. Look, living in this certain place is really not going to make you happy. Oh, I need to live in Hawaii for a while. Oh, I want to live in the mountains for a while. Oh, I want to live on the beach for a while. Well, what do you people, most people do on a beach? Sinful activities, right? intoxication it's it's it, it what do we need it for no you go to a beach to preach Hare krishna right to give people books we don't want to live our lives for sense enjoyment but it's it's not easy to give it up because we're still affected by our senses 
So we have to, we have to, we have to begin to take it more seriously and to chant more sincerely, to sincerely try to give Krishna consciousness to others, to each other. And part of that is being nice to each other, right? Can we at least be nice to the devotees? Can the devotees be kind to each other? Can we at least forgive and forgive and forget petty differences and difficulties? Okay, something happened. Okay, but it's in the past. You got to hang on to it for the rest of your life. Is this just going to prevent you from interacting properly with the devotees? Because if you do that, you're in trouble. Because the devotees are the instruments by which Krishna helps us to become pure devotees. The interaction, right? We're all rough stones. You ever go on a on a hike and you see like an area where there's nothing but sharp stones sticking up, right? Nobody walks in that, you know, especially barefoot, right? Now some people can to get you know they learn how to do it, but generally you don't want to walk in that sharp, hard, nasty stone, right? So what 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 happens to make the stones nice? They have to be uh, when they get in a river, the river moves them along, and and by the process of them banging into each other. They become smooth and nice, right? You ever see a rock tumbler when you're, they had those when I was a kid. Do you remember those, Misha? A little thing you buy and it, a little thing it would turn and you put your rocks in there and maybe, I don't know, some oil. And after a while, you know, that thing would tumble for a week. <laughs> the rocks would become smooth and beautiful. Smooth and beautiful from being hard, rough, sharp. And that's us. That's us as devotees. We have our sharpened edges. We have our, our sides of us that are not so nice. We need to polish it. And that's not just exterior. It's, it's also inside. We, we become beautiful inside and outside by the process of being with each other and tumbling around and, and butting heads sometimes with the devotees. But we always do it understanding that Krishna's behind it and Krishna's helping us to put us into these situations where we have difficulties in the material world with devotees, with outsiders, with anyone. And you can learn these lessons from, from, from our interactions and our difficulties in the material world. These interactions are happening, the difficulties are happening to make us learn. They're testing us. They're helping us to learn the lessons about ourselves. And if we look at the situation and think, I'm having this difficulty. Why am I having this difficulty with some other person? What is the issue? Generally, what you're going to see is, is that problem is getting at something in you that you need to deal with, right? It's like when you're with the doors, they hold up a mirror to yourself. Who are you? This is who you are. Because how you interact with other devotees is the real sign of your Krishna consciousness, Right? It's really the truth. It's really where the the rubber meets the pavement, right? It's really where, you know, the truth is shown. Because you can say that you're very sincere. Sincerity. Oh, I very sincerely want to be a devotee. But how do you treat other devotees? <laughs> how do you do you get angry? Do you do you fight with them? Do you disagree quickly? Are you on a vendetta? Do you say, well, this person did something wrong five, ten years ago. They must be punished. <laughs> Even today. How much? How much? Who are you? Are you the punisher? Who is, who is to punish who? <laughs> it's 
So if you take that point of view, you'll never be Krishna conscious. You, you've got to, you've got to give the love that you feel for the Lord, which everybody feels, right? Oh, it's easy. Krishna's right here. He's so beautiful. I love him. Look at the paintings. Look at the pictures. Look at the pastimes. Oh yes, love Krishna. I know that's the goal. But, you, to, to, to get love for God, love for Krishna, you gotta love each other. Right? You know, it's a boiled down prison. Love me, love my dog. (laughs) We don't love dogs per se, but you know, if, if you, if you go up to somebody and you start to kick his dog, that person's gonna get pretty upset with you pretty fast. If you give the dog a treat, that person's gonna be really happy with you because he's attached to the dog. So, it's kind of a, it's a rough example, but it's, it's true. You know, we are the dogs of the spiritual master. We are the servants. You know, we wear dog collar. Prabhupada used that analogy. We have dog, our, our neck beads are our dog collar. And the neck beads are also the sign that we're trying to serve Krishna. You put on neck beads, your, your life is to be an offering to the Lord. You know, Tulsi is put on Krishna's plate as an offering. So if you wear neck beads, your body, your mind, your soul, your intelligence, your actions are supposed to be as an offering to Krishna. So that's why we have to purify them. We don't want to do unpure activities. We want to do only pure activities. And the more we remember this, the more we can give up the impure activities, the impure thoughts that are constantly bombarding us, right? And and not become too worried about the material world. Because just as 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 Maharaj Parikshit was not attached to the to the the material the material opulence that he possessed we can develop that it's possible and if we don't if we're not quite perfect at the very end krishna's going to help us right krishna's going to be there the devotees are going to be there and remember this these devotees that we're around right now they're the ones that are going to be there for us when we leave our bodies right so how do what what kind of relationships do we have well, I, I like him, I like her, I don't like him, oh, I hate him, I'm mad at her. What? You know, this is silly. This has to be given up. We have to have love and affection for all of the devotees. We have, and, and, and how do you do that if you've been, if you have a problem with a devotee? How, how do you overcome it? By serving that devotee, right? Or doing service with that devotee. And you want to know the turbocharger? Praise that devotee. If you go somewhere and you praise that devotee, and any devotee can be praised, right? Any person, you can find some good things about anybody. You know, really. And we don't sit around and say, well, what was good about Hitler? You know, he's gone. You know, but what about each other? Let's not worry about Hitler. Let's worry about each other. I'm having this difficulty with this one devotee. Or I don't like how they do this or that, so I've got this thing in my head. How do you get rid of that? By pray, by not seeing the bad thing. By not seeing the thing that you think is wrong with them. Instead, you praise what's good about the devotee. And it clears your head like anything. And especially if you serve the devotee and you ha- had a difficulty with that devotee, then you serve them. Oh my God, take them some prashadam. What do they do? <laughs> what's their reaction? Wow, thank you so much. Right? Devotee to devotee. This works in the material world too. With, with devote, with people outside of Krishna consciousness, right? 
Chaitanya Chandraprabhu tells this story, and I love this story. I think of it all the time. He was in, I think he was in Chicago O'Hare, or he was in an airport somewhere on Radha Damodar Sankirtan, traveling Sankirtan party. He was distributing books for Prabhupada. And so they were the same place in the airport every day. So airport security was always after him, was always harassing him, always giving him a hard time. And this one guy was driving around in a, in a golf cart, right? In the concourse of the, of the airport. Just always, always being difficult with the devotees. So Chaitanya Chandraprabhu would try to talk to him, try to be nice to him. So, so one day he, he, he cooked or he had someone cook these chocolate eclairs, or maybe they were carob eclairs, right? But like a really special sweet, you know, like a pastry sweet. And he gave the sweet to this security guy. And to his credit, he ate it. <laughs> and, and what happened was, is like, it was the end of the day or, or day, he, Chaitanya Chandrababu gives him these sweets, and then he, the guy just runs off, drives off. The next time he saw that guy, he's, he, the, the security man is driving down the concourse, like in his, in his golf cart, and from way far away, he yells, Hey, Charles! <laughs> Chaitanya Chandrababu was named Charles, his, his, his legal name. Hey, Charles! That sweet was incredible! <laughs> he yells it from far, far away. Just because he sees the devotee. He sees the devotee from way far away. And he's, he's had this amazing prashadam. And it changed his heart on the spot. Right? And he went from someone that was inimical and being difficult and trying to thwart the devotees, doing something that should send him a ticket to hell, right? Instead, he gets the mercy of prashadam. He gets the mercy of a devotee. He gets the mercy of the movement. Where this, these, these, this wonderful prashad that, that, that devotees make can be given to others. The books can be given to others. And, and it's just at the right time. Krishna's made this arrangement for that person to meet you, for you to give them that book or give them some nice prashad or chant the holy name for them when they're walking by and they hear it. Just that moment, it's so important and so special. And so we do this for others and we do it for each other, right? We cook for each other. We invite other, each other into our homes. When you have someone to your house and you feed them, can you stay mad at them? No. <laughs> Unless you're a really big demon. You know, you feed them, then you get mad at them again. No, no one does that, right? Because when you come and you feed them, they're so happy, they're so appreciative, they're so grateful, because you gave them Krishna Prashad, right? And especially if it's cooked really nice, it's very tasty. Prabhupada said, if you have someone to your house and you feed them, they're your friend for life. Amazing, isn't that? Isn't it amazing? And it's this process, what Prabhupada has given us, what Prabhupada has instructed us to do. If we follow it, if we do it, we will overcome our problems. We can overcome our difficulties. And we can overcome our differences with each other and with the material world, right? It, it, it's so special. And because Krishna's in it, right? Krishna's in prashadam. And it mentions that here. 
that we're always attracted to so-called food, shelter, defense, and sense gratification. But what Krishna gives us and what we're actually hungry for is spiritual food, spiritual shelter, spiritual defense, and spiritual sense gratification. Spiritual defense means our jobs. We do our jobs for Krishna. Spiritual sense gratification. We come and feel overwhelmed by the love of the Lord and the love of the devotees for Krishna and for each other. And this is actually real sense gratification. It's purified spiritual sense gratification. So I went a little bit over. So any comments or questions? Mishra Bhagavan Prabhu. You mentioned that in the heavenly planets, the sense gratification is subtle, and here in this world, it's more gross. Uh, what, what did you mean by that? What? I'm not an expert on it. The question, you know, the, y'all could hear the question. Um, the demigods fly in flower airships. <laughs> A flower airship. When we get an airship, it's like really heavy. Like it's a giant airplane, right? It needs at least two pretty big engines to create a lot of thrust. And then the pressure under the wing and all that makes it go up when you, you know, the forces. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a heavy duty, you know, physics equation. <laughs> What makes a giant airplane fly, right? Or even a small airplane has a lot of weight. The demigods travel in these flower airships. A flower is very light, right? It's, it's, it's not something that is a strong structure. Like an airplane with, with metal, you know, to keep it from falling apart. And yet, this flower airship can travel from the heavenly planets to this planet, to the lower planets, all around these other planets. It doesn't break apart. It doesn't fall apart. The subtle, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a subtleness that's not usual. It's not as understandable in a, in a gross material world right now. That's all I know. I just read that. I don't, I'm not an expert on it and I don't have any source for the knowledge. But it's it's also said to be the same way for their sense enjoyment. Their sense enjoyment is not similar to what we do in the, in, on this on this planet. It's not like that. Their 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 enjoyment is more maybe it's more cerebral. It's more uh, internal, but it, it's not as gross. But it is still material, and it is still. Uh, it shackles you. It's still, you know, not, it, it's, there's still birth, old age, disease, and death, even on Brahma Loka, right? I mean, you may live for millions of years, but you're still going to suffer. So, that doesn't mean it's any easier to get free of. If anything, it's harder because the, the enjoyment is much greater, right? The material enjoyment on the heavenly planets is very, 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 very wonderful, right? Somaras, beautiful bodies, all these things. So that's anathema to a devotee. A devotee doesn't even want to, we don't even want to think about it too much, right? We want to get out of the material world. We don't want heaven. We don't want heavenly planets. We don't even want Vaikuntha. 
we want we want Krishna Loka, which is in Vaikuntha, right? It's very very special and a very strong distinction. Very big difference between Vaikuntha and Goloka Vrindavan. Goloka Vrindavan is where Krishna and his devotees are. And there's no awe and reverence. In in Vaikuntha, there's awe and reverence for Vishnu, right? So that's as much as I can say. I don't know anything else about it. Sorry. Any other questions, comments? Shrimad Bhagavatam Ki.